0: Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Successful businesswoman, expert nutritionist, TV personality, chef, author, presenter, educator, and most importantly, a mother, Zoe bingley Pullen's passion for food has led her on quite the journey. She is the founder of Sydney nutritional consultancy company, Nutritional Edge, a business focused on achievable and sustainable eating habits. To share her love and knowledge, Zoe created Falling in Love with Food, an eight-week online program that teaches you how to have a loving attitude towards food and life. She's released two successful cookbooks, became the food editor for Fitness First magazine, and regularly contributes to online and print magazines, including Body and Soul and Vogue. You will recognize the gorgeous Zoe from Channel 10's Good Chef, Bad Chef, where she spent the past five years as co-host, but also making regular appearances on Studio 10. I've been friends with Zoe for over 12 years, she was one of the original experts on rescue.com.au. She spoke at my conference, and she's my go to nutrition expert when I need to transform my body and my relationship with food. I was able to unlock Zoe Bingley Pullen's secrets on how you too can achieve an ageless beauty, increase your well being, and rejuvenate your body with the right food. Listen in as she teaches us about how food and hormones really work hand in hand. I absolutely love this episode and I absolutely love the way Zoe brings the magic and the mystique of food and wellness together. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Zoe Bingley-Pullen on Ageless by Rescue podcast.
1: As a holistic nutritionist... I think what we need to understand is that we do shine from the inside out and it's really important that we not only set the foundation in our nutrition but what we are mentally capable of doing, what we are physically capable of doing. As we all know, I'm homeschooling, you're homeschooling. So we have to be realistic about what we can and can't do. But if we don't, you know, if we don't have good nutrition as the foundation, and I think the other way I like to put it is if we don't have an interest in using nutrition as medicine, then often what we're doing is we're kind of circling all these other areas, all these other modalities, trying everything, but really we just need to set that foundation that comes to what we're eating on a day-to-day basis. I
0: would love you to tell the story of how you got into nutrition and became a chef because yeah. I think the what you learnt uh, from the French yes. is actually a really interesting perspective that you have yeah. woven into your clinical practice and it's, not only um, life-affirming, but it's quite, uh, you know, it seems to have come full circle, uh, mm. what you learned from the French and living in France and, uh, and being yeah. taught about nutrition there and now what's becoming quite fashionable. So I'd love you to share that journey with us. I've started,
1: you know, lots of different businesses around nutrition and one of them, which I which was called Falling in Love with Food, and there's books and there's online programs. And I think that's kind of became... The word i wanted people the saying i wanted people to live fall in love with food we're not children you can have a chocolate you can have your wine it doesn't mean you're a bad person but let's not be unreal you know let's not be you know silly about this food has to have a positive slant for it to to work and so if you can put a very positive love-based environment around food whether it be the cooking the choosing the smelling whatever it might be the learning of food it's going to be in bed and it's going to stay there and that foundation will be positive and then you can build from there as well.
0: And tell me about some of the specific um, dietary changes that you recommend in your clinical practice yeah. and supplementation.
1: And then I think it's really important that a level of organisation comes into play because if you're not being, I always say, if you don't have good cupboard support, if you like, you don't have good fridge support, it's really hard to be healthy. You know, And there are some amazing online services out there that can actually support you through that process. If you're someone who hates cooking, I always try to excite my clients in at least having just the basics of cooking. You know, you don't have to be a, a cordon chef to be a great cook, but, you know, you just need to have a couple of different meals each day that then you can sort of change the protein or change the vegetable, but it will still give you something that is delicious as well.
0: I'm going to go circle back to what you were saying about the liver because yeah. – um, I would love a little bit of education around the function of the liver in metabolising the hormones, as you were saying, and also liver cleansing or liver boosting uh, foods and dietary practices that you recommend in your clinical practice.
1: So when it comes to metabolising the liver, basically everything gets funneled, for want of a better word, through the liver. So if you think about it, it's a cumulative nature. If your body's having to kind of metabolise a poor diet, hormones well what is it going to do first you know it actually has to basically get through the get rid of the toxins i always say if you're drinking alcohol and expecting your body not then to metabolize everything else it won't it will go through what is the most toxic thing what has the biggest threat in the body and that's why it's so important we're just letting the liver do its job without confusing it and complicating and bombarding it with a poor diet that then means it has to metabolize the food that we're eating and the hormones as well, and everything else that was possibly doing. So this is why we try and go for as clean, you know, fresh, unprocessed, you know, we don't add too many, you know, overt sort of, you know, processes in, in cooking where it takes all the good nutrition away with it. And we try and go for a start, a diet that has has basically the ability to you know, support liver function. What
0: you think is just really detrimental to hormonal health and beauty and skin yeah. glow. Yeah. Are there anything that you really advise against?
1: Uh, obviously, alcohol is a
0: real a real
1: problem. I think um, you know, yes, yeah, do I also kind of roll my eyes at that? But I I uh, personally did three months of no drinking um, this time last year, which was brilliant it was I did a lot of podcasts I learned a lot about sort of you know the psychology around drinking the normalization around drinking and just tried to kind of you know, tweak my neurons and reframe it in my brain of how it works because what we know about alcohol, it basically dehydrates tissue as fast as you, you know. It's the biggest thing to dehydrate your body. Um, we know that when a body's in a state of dehydration, one of the things will happen is our stress response will go up through the we will retain fluid as well. That's one of the big key things. Um, when the cells, you know, expand with fluid, they can't do their jobs functionally. There's less cellular communication going on. So it's really important that, you know, uh alcohol is something that is seen, as my dad always used to say, you you drink alcohol to make yourself feel better, not eat so you drink alcohol to make yourself feel better, not just, you know, not just you know, a little bit okay. So, you know, that's you we're gonna use alcohol in a functional way. So if you are someone who's a regular drinker, my advice to you is to have at least at least 24 to 48 hours it takes that long for your body to metabolize. it. So it's really making sure that if you're, you know, you've got to look at this kind of not as sort of what's the perfect diet, but what are the cumulative factors that's going on. So if you're stressed, you've got a poor diet, you've got alcohol, you're having your daily coffee, all of it might be within the daily recommendations, if you like, but it's the way it accumulates on the liver as well. So it's really important that we kind of sometimes just take all of that out. We just focus on a basic diet. So this is when sometimes your detox diets do take, you know, are really good, I mean, I've done a two-week do I've done this two-week detox diet with my clients for years, but it's not about extreme eating. So it's just about having a good plant-based style, high fat, you know, good animal protein. We take out all all, all that, sorry, good plant protein, we take out all the animal protein, and all the dairy products. And we just give two weeks for the body just to basically go back to basic again. But then basically when we do incorporate these things in our diet, we can metabolize these things more effectively.
0: But I would like to know what does ageless mean to you as you're 42 yeah. and, you know, you're entering that next phase of your uh, yeah. life journey? What, what does it mean to you and what What do you What yeah. do you hope for for the next, you know, 45 years of your life?
1: I've just worked really hard on self-forgiveness and I, I sit there and go, who cares, you know, and I just have a positive dialogue even when the shit's hitting the fan, I'm still trying to just laugh, you know, and be positive because... I've just noticed that when I feel that way, I feel ageless. I feel more in touch with my daughter. I kind of understand my mum a little bit more. I, I don't put that, I don't block myself into that one little box, you know, that maybe I thought was me. I let myself kind of constantly keep moving, be fluid, but, I definitely know that I'm now able for the next 40 years of my life or 50 years of my life or however long I'm on this world to be kind to myself. And I feel that that is the basis of, of ageless, ageless females. I, I really do. Um,
0: what What is your fitness routine to remain ageless, yeah. vital, fit, yeah. glowing?
1: I find that it's a real balance of walking I do a lot of yoga I've always been a massive fan of yoga so you can be it can be a hot yoga but it can also be sort of a more sort of passive yin type yoga um, but I do find I do need to do something every day uh, the other thing that's changed a lot is I studied transcendental meditation last year and I find that any form of meditation is fine so What I've definitely noticed from doing, you know, was very dedicated for a year. I'm probably not as good. I don't quite do the two a day. But I find I can drop into that neurology a lot faster now. And I think that's kind of where that self-forgiving conversation. So I can actually do sort of more active forms of meditation now that I can do when I'm sitting here. I can drop into that mindset a lot faster as well. So those tools, my my armour chest, my treasure chest, if you like, is, is always being added to.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that.